Montag lieben Glauben Globen. <lacht> Hello and welcome to a somewhat different episode of the Digital Download podcast this week. First off, I just want to say a big, big thank you to everyone who tunes in and listens to this every week. The feedback I've had since I started it at the start of this year has been pretty tremendous and I seriously appreciate everyone who listens and contacts me as a result of the shows and everything. So thank you so much. This is the 33rd show I've published since I started the podcast back in January, but it's the first where I've actually not got a special guest to interview. So I'm going solo on this one, and to be honest, I'm kind of shitting a bit. Chatting to someone who does most of the talking is a pretty easy job, to be honest, and the thought of sitting here for 30 minutes talking into a microphone by myself is seriously out of my comfort zone. So let's see how this goes. Why do it then if I'm feeling like that? Well, we're nearly at the end of season three of the podcast. And incidentally, here's a little secret about that. The reason I originally had a season was in case the podcast bombed. If that was the case, I could have said, well, I was just trying it out for a season to see how it went. But thankfully, it's gone okay. I have considered going back and numbering all the episodes now. But, well, to be honest... Ain't nobody got time for that! But anyway, why do this? Well, there's been a lot going on in the PR and communications world in the last sort of two or three weeks. And a lot of it I've been finding really frustrating. I have a lot of opinions on some of the stuff, some of which I've voiced elsewhere, but I thought it would be a good opportunity just to get some of that out into the world. Normally, I would blog about this sort of stuff, but, well, I mean, who's got time to sit down and write anymore? I certainly don't. So I've decided to voice my frustrations in a very kind of literal way. I was originally going to have this as the final episode of this season, but to be honest, that sounded a bit kind of melodramatic, and I didn't want to end the season on a kind of argumentative, frustrated kind of note. And besides that, I've got a really good guest next week to finish off with, so I've decided to put this as the penultimate episode. So you know where you go to a gig, and the band says goodbye and leaves the stage, and then they come back to do encore of their biggest hits. Well, think of this episode as the last track of the regular set list before next week's big encore. On to the topic of this week, then. I recently got an email from Jim Hawker at Three Pipe, so blame him for this. He said to me that he wondered whether it would be interesting to have more contrarian views to spice things up a bit on the podcast, because he said there's generally a lot of agreement. And to be honest, I kind of, hey, I agree with him. The reason probably is that I invite people on to talk to me about a specific topic which they are an expert in. So kind of who am I to disagree with them? But Jim knows me pretty well, and it was like a bit of a moth to a flame, if I'm honest. So a few days ago, I posted a tweet that said, does anyone have any controversial views on the current state of or future of PR that they'd like to tell me about? Now, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't exactly flooded with responses because, you know, people in PR don't like to say what they really think in case they upset anyone. 
But I did have a few interesting replies, and that's where I'm going to start off today's show. And by the way, I do know that I could be on to an absolute hiding to nothing with this particular episode, but... EU dares wins. So, one of the first responses I had was from Alex Miku, and he said, I think in its current most prevalent form, PR can be automated. He said that he's not talking about all agencies, but he thinks that PR is used by clients for admin most of the time. Whether that's sort of organising event they can't be bothered with organising, or having people at the door, or sending press releases, product seeding, replying to emails... He thinks that most agencies are one giant PA, in his words, with terrible working cultures. Wow. That is some statement to make. What do I think of this one? Well, there's no doubt that a lot of PR can and will be automated in the very near future. That isn't news. I think we've covered it a lot on this podcast, and... From what I see from technology, things are moving very fast. I don't think anyone would necessarily disagree with that. To say that PR is used as an admin function is very, very harsh. And it goes really against the kind of management discipline stuff that you read about from some of the industry leaders. So, Alex, I can't really agree with you on this one, mate. I think I know where you're coming from in terms of some of the agencies that I've worked with over the last sort of four years or so are certainly doing a lot, lot more tactical stuff than maybe they should be and doing all the sort of things that you've listed. But I also think there's a big disparity here between the likes of the big PR agencies who are on top of the strategic management discipline stuff and the industry leaders who talk in that way and what's actually happening at ground level and I think that's probably where the problem with this comes from and I don't know the answer to that if I'm honest until the smaller agencies and the the freelancers start acting in a way that perhaps enhances their value more I don't know where we're going to go with this linked to that James Erskine replied saying that he thinks that PR is losing or has lost a lot of the battles it should have won. And he's he's citing specifically influencer marketing. And Craig McGill chimed in to say that PRs should be asking for much better metrics than they are asking for at the moment. And again, you know, with these guys, I, I have to agree with that. I think PR lost out on the SEO battle despite having a prime opportunity to to capture that. And it still does, but we still don't care about it. And the influencer marketing thing absolutely does my head in. Why do we insist on going after stupid things like reach and number of followers and all that kind of stuff? I know some fairly influential people who have very successful blogs and Instagram channels and what have you. And they all say the same thing, that most of the approaches they get from PR people don't take into account some of the things that even they consider to be pretty basic. And it ends up being them pushing it on to the client because they know that the client's going to turn around at the end and say, so uh, what's the results of this? And they were never asked in the first place. It's a ridiculous situation to be in. And PR has to up its game when it comes to influence marketing. It really does. It's it's one of these things that is really starting to annoy me now because it's been on the agenda for so long. Another response I had was from Gail Seidman, who says that her concern is that when people in high-profile PR positions deliberately lie, 
it teaches others that they too can get attention and clicks if they lie too. I asked her to clarify kind of what she meant by this. And she said she was referring to lies to anyone from the media to the public. And she, she, she asserts that we're all responsible, especially if we originate the information. And that makes sense. I asked her if she was talking about spin or something more malevolent. And, and she said absolutely more malevolent. Whereas spin has an element of truth in it, at least, where it's used to communicate a different message. A lie is just incorrect factually and created to deceive and often to hurt. And I guess this goes back to all the fake news stuff that's happening. Is PR doing its best to really tackle fake news? Or is it just something that is kind of going on in the background and we're not taking a lot of notice of it really because we think that we are whiter than white? I don't think the public could give a crap whether we are white or on white. It makes our job harder if the public does not believe a word they read, whether that is in a newspaper, on a website, on social media. And it's it's not a secret. The trust has absolutely plummeted over the last 12 months or so. PR has to step up to this. It really does. Because if no one believes what we are putting out as communicators, then our jobs really are in trouble. Now, that's all pretty kind of negative stuff there to start this episode with. Just to round up what people were saying to me, I did have a response from Nile O'Malley, who said that actually he thinks that PR is doing better than most people expected in the social media era. He says that he remembers almost a decade ago where quite a number of the kind of industry brains were predicting that PR was going to absolutely die due to social media and advertising agencies and standards falling and commoditization. But he said it looks to him like it's actually doing quite tidy business now. And do you know what? When when you read the reports from the PRCA and the CIPR, it can appear that actually PR is booming. The 2018 PRCA census said that the business of, of public relations is worth 13.8 billion now to the UK economy, which has grown 7% in two years. It says that it employs 86,000 people, which is up 3,000 from 2016, although the CIPR reports a level of 71,000. So that's quite a disparity there. Who knows where or why or what's going on there? But is the industry booming? I don't know. On the face of it, if you read the stats, then yes, it is. But there's a bigger undercurrent going on in, to me. There's a lot of technological change. There are a lot of issues that the, the communications industry has to face up to. And I just don't think we're doing a good job of that. We're kind of letting it all go on. And other than a few vocal people who are trying to push up standards and get us to move on, most people on the ground don't actually give a crap about this stuff. The Digital Download Membership Scheme gives you on-demand advice, support and coaching when you need it. With exclusive online training, video Q&As with topic experts and a members-only network to discuss all of the latest developments, it gives you the confidence and the peace of mind you need to succeed in digital communications. But don't take my word for it. Collaboration between people of different different disciplines within public relations and marketing and social is really important these days because things change so fast, algorithms change, trends change, technology comes out and it's really difficult if you are on your own to keep 
up with all those changes. And what digital download allows me to do is post a quick message on a help forum or to chat through other challenges that we're having and realize that it's not just me. It might be two or three of us are facing this thing. And it's it's really beneficial and important to be able to keep delivering a really good service to clients, actually, because we can stay at the top of our game through it. Let's move on to some of the other things that I've been seeing that have been bugging me personally over the last two or three weeks. Now, the first one is PR renaming itself, or more accurately, PR agencies renaming themselves. We've had it with MNC Saatchi. We've had it with Golin, where they've adjusted their name to now more accurately represent public relations. Come on, guys. I mean, this is, to me, the, the ultimate banana buffing exercise. Why is it even news? Why do we care what you call yourselves? I could not give a shit. And I know other people I have spoken to find this the most ridiculous thing that this is even in the news. But it's symptomatic of the fact that the public relations industry, firstly, doesn't believe in itself, which is worrying. But secondly, that it moans about lack of recognition that it gets. And Ella Minty wrote a fantastic blog post this week. And in it, she said that if we, as, a, as an industry, sit around and moan endlessly about this, this lack of recognition, we won't get far at all. She says that we have so many issues to sort out in this industry, starting whether we can ever be a profession and ending with some kind of universal definition of what it stands for. But to her point... These are matters for academics and industry bodies. They are not matters for everyday people who are working in this industry. Those are the people who are going to make this difference. And the difference is only going to come by doing the best work we can and talking about it. Let's not bother about whether we're called PR or public relations or communications or any of this stuff. It's absolute rubbish. On the subject of practitioners wanting to be taken seriously by the board. Now, the CIPR has been focusing on this throughout this year, led by Sarah Hall, and she's been absolutely beating the drum on this, like, endlessly, and fair play to her for doing it. The whole PR as a management discipline thing has been a massive theme through this year. But Stephen Waddington said in a blog post this week that to make the shift from tactical stuff people need to start aligning and measuring what they do in terms of the organisations that they're actually serving. And again, we're not doing that, are we? Let's face it. I mean, bless Sarah Hall for doing this. She's done such a good job banging this drum, supported by people like Stephen. But have we made progress? I'm really not sure we have. Again, it goes back to the people on ground level. Don't give a crap. They really don't. And I'm sorry, I'm banging on about people on the ground level not giving a shit here. But in my view, that's the case. And another thing! Now, the next thing that's been bugging me is an argument that I have seen several times now and seems to be getting a lot of traction. It was reflected recently in an article written by Nigel Sarbutz, and I'm not putting this on him. He's just the one that I happen to see most recently. But the argument goes that The PR industry, the communications industry, has a moral obligation to to defend the news media. 
It's no secret that the news media is in real trouble at the moment. Only a couple of weeks ago, I had a knock at my door and it was a guy from my local newspaper, the Oxford Mail. And he said, do you read the Oxford Mail? And I'm like, nope. And he said, look, we're in real trouble. Can I deliver it to you? And I'm thinking this is just not the way people want to consume their news anymore. And okay, that's print news. But the same is kind of true of the online media. The Guardian and the Daily Mail, unfortunately, seem to be the only real newspapers, news organisations that have any sort of really sustainable business model at the moment. So what the future is of that, I do not know at the moment. But going back to this argument, it goes along the lines of the PR industry should be using its influence with clients to convince them that the traditional news media is not only a channel for getting to customers, but that it's an act of corporate social responsibility to be pushing them towards getting stuff in the news. I just don't buy this. My big question is why? Why is it the responsibility of the industry to protect the news media? I get that an independent and sustainable news media is in the interests of society. I get that. But from a communications perspective, our job is to advise clients what's best for them, whether that's earned media or social advertising or SEO or podcasting or whatever else it is. If you have an agenda to save the media, then you're not providing the best advice, in my opinion. We've been talking about PR needing to change with the times and keep up with technology and stuff. In my view, fighting a losing battle to save the media is not the way to do it. Here's a controversial way of looking at it. Maybe from a professional sense, it's only of real interest to the industry because the industry is absolutely shitting itself. If there's no media, then there's no jobs. Now, I realise that's a controversial thing to say, but as communicators, surely we have to be media agnostic. If the industry bodies wish to take it upon themselves to, to push this agenda, then I don't have a problem with that. The CIPR and the PRCA absolutely go for your life. But it's interesting that they haven't. What I have a real objection to is if, if this stuff starts to creep into client work, then is that not pretty unethical? Is it not at least disingenuous to be starting to push people towards the media when actually we know that their money could produce a better result elsewhere? Like I say, I think they're separate issues. Yes, it's important to have independent media. Don't have an argument with that whatsoever. My argument really is that it is not PR's job to ensure that. Okay, I've had a drink now and I've kind of calmed down a bit, which is probably good for you guys because I'm not going to rant on anymore. I want to go back to where I started this episode, really, and just thank everyone who has listened to this podcast in the last year. It was started off very much as an experiment so that I could learn more about the process of podcasting. I didn't know whether anyone would like it. I wasn't sure how long I would do it for, but I've now done three seasons of it and it will be back in New Year for season four. But I'd really like to hear from you if you're listening to this because I so appreciate every bit of feedback I get on this podcast. Every comment I get, every question, every follow-up, every share of it. 
I'd really like to hear more from you on what you would like to see next year. What topics would you like me to cover? What sort of guests would you like me to get on? Any ideas you have, I would love to hear them. I'm also looking for sponsors for this podcast. I would like to be in a position to drive it a bit harder, but it does take me quite a long time, if I'm honest. Every episode that I put out takes me the best part of a day to record and edit and publish and everything else that goes alongside it. And so a sponsor for this podcast would be a huge help to me. It's a good chance if you know a company that might be interested to get in front of a whole bunch of important marketing and communications people. And I know that from the anecdotal feedback I get. So please do let anyone in in a position who might be interested in sponsoring this, let them know and get in touch with me. Because like I say, I would like this to become even bigger and even better. I'm also currently putting together the agenda for Digital Download Live 2019, which is on the 19th of May next year. The agenda is going to feature some of the topics that have been covered in the last 12 months, but also some other stuff that is really pressing at the moment and coming through next year. So it looks like the moment like it's going to be an incredible day. And I know the people who have been to the last two Digital Download Live events have, have come away and really enjoyed themselves and learned a lot. So do keep an eye out for that. I will let you know as soon as I have any more details. I will probably post a draft agenda sometime early in the new year. And finally, please tell your friends about this. I know it sounds a silly thing and you hear podcasters say, please leave me a review on iTunes, but it really does help. It helps from my perspective just to tell one or two people to go and listen to any given episode that you have listened to and really liked because the more people get involved in this, the bigger it becomes and the more valuable I hope it becomes. So please go out, pass the podcast on to one or two people. Thank you. So that's about it for today. I will be back next week with a very special guest to finish off the season and finish off the year. So until then, take care. (laughs) You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Google Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've got any ideas for future topics you'd like to see covered or people you'd like to hear from, contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton. Thank you for listening.